Hi, it's Rainy G with the Holistic Health Hotline. Um, now, really called just the Holistic Health Line or the Holistic Line or whatever you want to call it. Most people just say Rainy G these days because I cover mind, body, spirit from a global and Native American perspective, and it often means that's politics. It often means it's current events because personal is political, the political is personal. Current events affect our lives. They affect our mind, body, and spirit. And the way we deal with our mind, body, and spirit affects the world. So they're all connected. You just have to keep connecting those dots and know that we're connected on so many different levels and really on all levels when you think about it. We are energy. Energy in motion. E equals MC2. We are energy in motion. And that energy never goes away. It just transforms. And we transform ourselves and each other through the way we use our energy. And I always come from that basic belief, those who know me know, that there are only two emotions, which is energy and motion, in the world, fear and love. And all that we see going on in the world translates back to fear or love. Whether that's good and evil, black and white, night and day, clear skies or stormy skies, there's that energy of fear and love. And of course, my whole life I've been striving and, and will until I die or transform to come from unconditional love as much as possible because who wants to come from fear in any way, in, for anything, about anything or anybody? I fear nothing except, except one thing, and everybody who knows me knows what that is, but I'm not going to share it. There's just one thing, and I have not been able to overcome that fear, only because or the main reason being that if I, I, I have convinced myself somehow that without that fear, that particular creature in this world would find a way to destroy me. And it only takes a second to do. So I have spent my life running away from them and avoiding them and doing all the things that we do when we fear people or we fear rejection or we fear abandonment, we fear anger, we fear conflict fear being um, controlled. We fear being alone. We do a lot of weird little things and we create dramas for ourselves. We create the stories and then we keep living those stories over and over and over and over. It's, it's as if, um, you know, there's all these old adages out there that you can, if, you say, if you say something like you can't tell a book by its cover, you can translate that back to a person. If you um, talk about what you what you can't find out about somebody or any of those kinds of things, it's it's always a repeat. It's a summer rerun. We change the characters a little. We might change a little bit of the way we react, but the stories are all the same. They're templates. They're like romance novels. You change the names and the places that those people go, but the story is the same. And that's what we do in our lives based on love and fear. It happens with our health. It happens in our relationships, whether those are familial or friends or lovers or spouses or whatever. We keep creating the same stories. And then we try to change those stories just a little. Okay, this isn't working with my sister or this isn't working with my mother or my kid's doing this and that and the other and it's making me crazy. So you repeat the story, but you change where it happens. 
So instead of every morning the kid does this before she goes to school and it makes you upset and you don't, you go through the same little pattern of arguing or <clears throat> seeing who's going to control whom, okay, you're going to work on it now. So as you work on that little relationship with your daughter, you make sure that in the morning you're all bright-eyed and bush-tailed and smiling and you change your reaction to what she says or does and now she's not arguing with you and there's no issues anymore so you think you've got to beat until lunch now you change the place you change the circumstance she says something that triggers something in you from the baggage that you've got carrying around that you're carrying around with you and you act out the same thing you would have in the morning in a little different way in a different place at a different time with the same person and nothing really has changed and why is that because you haven't changed no you haven't you think you have but you haven't you've changed one reaction in one circumstance and you know even that word change now that we're in this political environment is is almost it turns people off you know they don't want any more change the last change was bad enough. So they look at their own lives, or they look at their jobs, they look at what's going on with their money, and somebody suggests changing something, and, and that is fearful. And we go right back to fear. We go right around the circle and say, no, I'm afraid of doing that or moving this or investing here or saving this or not doing this or taking a chance, whatever, because I saw what change did over the last five years, and there's no hope left. And so... Because of you know who, Mr. Obama, if that's his name, um, this is hope and change, change slogans. People have got that in their brains that mm, you either think change is being everything you always wanted to be and the hell with everyone else. That's his real dogma. Or you think change is a very negative thing because you've watched that change over the last five years destroy your bank account, your retirement your children, your life, your home life, your marriage, your your relationships, whatever, just from change. And because that change came from fear, they tried to make it look like it was coming from absolute love of the new Messiah, Barack Obama. But it came from fear. We were in a little bit of uh, chaotic times, which was manufactured, and that already triggered that fear mechanism. So being told that this change that was coming was going to make everything better is much like what the Jews were waiting for with Moses and what Christians have waited for for, for a very long time now. A change that's going to make everything better. It's never going to happen. Not on earth. Not in this energy. Because we have to have opposing energies just like we have opposing poles, the North and South Pole, which causes an attraction when they when there's opposite energies going on and when things are too much status quo you'll see them repel because of the mag magnetic energy that comes from the tectonic plates and that surround our planet that surround mother earth that give us life we're made of the same minerals as mother earth positively and negatively we have ca plus and mg negative and and those tectonic plates, those electromagnets, actually cause what the Chinese call qi, life force within us. And it's constant. It doesn't ever stop and be perfect. 
Because as soon as it's going to stop and be perfect, it's on its way to not be perfect. That's the yin-yang symbol. The half moon, you know, the swirly black and white with the dot, white dot in the black and the black dot on the white side. It's to tell us and teach us that you're never going to be perfect, never going to be totally in balance. Your house is never going to be the cleanest ever. Your car is not going to be the perfect car. Your kid's not going to be the perfect kid. Your relationship's not going to be the perfect relationship. The clothes you wear today might look pretty good, but they're not going to be perfect. Because as soon as they do, as soon as it seems that way, it's it's an instant that we can't even measure in a, on a time scale where it's not now. <laughs> it just can't happen. Energy doesn't stop that way. It just doesn't. So we have a lot of things going on in the world that, that reflect all that, that love and fear. You see, um, the holy war that's happening between Muslims and Christians, jihadists and Christians. And then, of course, on, on every scale, you always have something that just really pushes that scale to the end, real radicals and real fanatics on both sides, doing everything they can to prove their positions, um, and very seldom do you see anything come back to center in balance because it 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 can't so everyone who thinks that if you're just nice and and tolerant and don't say anything and you don't cause any conflict because you're afraid of it um you don't say anything that you truly believe because you're afraid of it and everything will be fine like Barack Obama will go sit down and have tea and talk to our enemies and if if we're not bad to them they'll like us is not going to happen because the energy of the Middle East has been churning in one direction for thousands of years. Thousands of years. And the energy that comes from love, and that's not necessarily just Christianity, it's just love. It's a universal, unconditional love that comes from our higher selves, our creator, God. That's also been going in that direction for thousands of years. You try to put those two things together to get calm, and you're never going to get it. That's a low front and a high front, which is a tornado. It's tornadic. And what do tornadoes do? They just tear things to pieces, pick up a lot of debris and garbage, and throw that debris somewhere else so that that story can be told again in a different place at a different time. And that it's really what's going on globally. It's going on within our own households when you have something, an energy flow, that has been negative between your son and your and you, whoever you are, or your daughter, whatever, and it's stayed that way. You can try to go the opposite direction, but when you do, and if she does or he does at the same time, that might last for a while. But what is going to really happen? You have to go through the conflict of those two energies spinning in opposite directions, which is a storm, and that's a crisis. That's a healing conflict thing that if you are fearful at all, still, you're afraid to have, so you won't do it. <laughs> People are afraid to fight because fights have turned into only negative. You know, you can watch the birds, you can watch the animals, and they go through all these same things, these same conniptions as we do because they're full of energy. You know, I've got squirrels and birds, you can hear them out here. Um, and my, my woods is very green right now because of all the rain. But... I watch them, they'll sing, and they'll dance, and they'll play, and they'll eat, and they'll share. But if they're focused on getting food for the young ones, or a cat that's in the next yard, or the hawk that's flying over overhead and might be too close, they go into their own little fear. 
scenarios. And they reflect to each other. And all of a sudden, you see the Blue Jays pecking at each other and the Cardinals fighting with each other and the birds screeching at each other. And it's like, shut up already. Stop fighting. You don't have to fuss about this. But you don't realize that they're feeling an energy from other places that they're reacting to. Positive and negative, up and down, in and out, back and forth, night and day. We have it. And you have to just accept it and embrace it. Does that mean, oh boy, I'm going to have a negative day, so I'll embrace that? No. That's not who you want to be. You're always striving for the divine, for the higher self. And you need to embrace that, the fact that you're striving, rather than where you are. So as you start to flow negative, which is inevitable, you can stop it from pegging the meter by bringing it back towards the center as much as you can. And if you get too positive, I mean, people say it's impossible. You know, even Jesus, if you're a Christian, got angry and tore down the temples. God gets a little angry because that's energy. That's the truth of energy. If you've never spoken up for who you are, if you've never had an argument with someone you love, if you've never gone through, you know, a real battle with your best friend or whatever, and known at the end that you can come back to love, then you don't understand what life is about. You fall into, especially women will do this, they fall into, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to keep the peace. Because they are the keepers of the earth. They want to keep peace. But look around you. Sometimes the earth is extremely peaceful. And sometimes it is just tornadic. You have um, the, the floods and the tornadoes in the Midwest and the South this week as the Santa Ana winds out west are going on. Those floods and tornadoes go up the East Coast. You have typhoons over in, in other places. You have earthquakes popping up everywhere. The earth is readjusting constantly. That's not peace. It can feel peaceful and romantic, and the artists love it, and music lovers, and you know you can listen to the rhythm of the falling rain, and that's wonderful. But there's also a lot of trauma and a lot of fear of your house being torn down or your car being flooded, your kids being washed away, whatever. So you've got the love and fear thing going on constantly. When it comes down to our bodies, what does it do to you? What is love and fear? What does that do to you? If you live in fear, you're going to probably gain weight or lose it. <laughs> Depending on that double helix we call DNA in your body, and what you have chosen via free will to eat or drink or not eat or drink, how, sta how uh, stagnant you are, how old you are, what's gone on in your body that you didn't take care of for the last 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is, that's put you into an imbalance. And when you have that, your body's going to try to save you, just like the earth is trying to save itself. I was explaining to someone last night who can't... Uh, lose weight and is gaining weight, who's very toxic. They have cancer, they have lots of things going on, and most people think when you have cancer you lose weight. Well, he's trying to heal himself. So in the course of healing himself, he's got to, he's got to peel back the layers. And you can't cleanse your body all at once because it'll die. So if he's taking too much stuff and he's doing it too often and he thinks if he puts more in his body, that'll take care of it faster. Um, or if he's just had a lot of things going on for a lot of years and he starts to finally get well, the body's going to hopefully protect him and hold on to some fat cells that can hold some of the toxins for a while. 
until he's ready to release some more. I had a friend, um, I don't know, 15 years ago, I guess, and we went to massage school together and loved her to death, uh, PK, and, you know, wild red hair and an artist and just classic beauty kind of person. And she, she called me all those pet names because we were good friends. And she was going to become a grandmother, and she, she had been smoking, and she decided to quit smoking. Well, she quit smoking cold turkey. She gained about 20 pounds in five months, and I knew why. I tried to explain it to her. I said, your body's trying to get rid of smoke that you've accumulated for years. You didn't say replace some of the toxins or go back on cigarettes at least once in a while, but I did say, you know, you've got to flush it a lot more aggressively because your body's trying to heal itself. And uh, she continued getting the weight, and she went to the doctor to get a checkup, and he looked in her eyes and said, get to the hospital right now. And um, she stopped to comb her hair or whatever and looked in the mirror and screamed to her boyfriend, I don't want to die, and had a heart attack right there and died. Her body couldn't take that radical change. She wasn't afraid of it, but her body knew what was going on. And it was totally, so totally out of balance before that it tipped the scales the other way. And that's this people don't get that we take all that energy I've been talking about, all of the fears or the love or the in-betweens or the conflicts from however number of years we've been here and before, and we put them in our tissues right down to the cell level. The cells have a memory. You don't think computers were just like somebody's great idea, right? It's all based on our bodies. They have a random access memory. They have a read-only memory. They have a memory dump. They have a massive library and resources uh, of information that it, that, are, that it calls on all the time. It comes through the pituitary gland up the top of your head, and then all the other glands like the hypothalamus and, and the, the adrenals. and You know, they, they, they can all be laid out and labeled in a certain way that you could put it into a corporation and say, oh, yeah, that's the adrenal guy, and here's the hypothalamus, there's the pituitary, there's the pineal gland, the wise one. And you can pick those people out in a corporation because they build the corporations the same way and draw that energy into those places so that they become some kind of a balance of energy. Otherwise, they tip or they go under. Um, so it does a lot. I mean, you have people who can't sleep. And I, you know, I even get that. I can't sleep because I've got some pain in my legs and from the from the Marines, etc. Although I, I, I have found... Um, some things that are changing that and actually I'll go into that in a few minutes because I've been dumb for about 50 years I I knew about this long time ago and watched it but I just always assumed everybody knew and that you use it when you're supposed to and the universe will tell you which is a little naive but it's also the way I live my life so when I'm thinking too much I don't think the right way um, you have people who are who are sleep deprived because they can't sleep that changes their moods um, that changes the way they handle rejection and they start hating themselves because now they're gaining weight and they're tired and they're angry and other things have happened to cause some more anger and all of that's coming from fear of the changes that are going on within your body. So we have to first not be afraid of those changes, take charge of them, understand where they're coming from, get educated so that we're not afraid and we can love ourselves and say, oh, this is great. I'm not feeling horrible today. That means I'm changing, and that change is good, and I can embrace that, and I can love that. Instead of, oh, man, I'm feeling horrible today. I hate this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to try anymore. I give up. You now I do a lot of suicide counseling, and 
most people who say, well, I'd give up, they, they'll tell you if you sat down, oh, I didn't mean it, I wasn't going to kill myself or anything. But you watch their processes, and I would say over the course of several years, depending on who it is, they, they come to a point when they say, I give up, and they really do. They can't do anymore. They're exhausted. They're done. Their adrenals are shocked to death. Um, and what does it do to your spirit? You know, people talk about their religion. They talk about the Bible. They talk about the, the jihadists, talk about the Koran and blah, blah, blah. But there's a spirit. A spirituality is an energy. It comes, it is the universal energy. It comes from the universe that we're part of. Uh, multi-universe. It's not even a universe. It's a multiverse. Because we're only a small part of many, many other universes. And we think we're so important, don't we? Look at the ants running across your lawn. They're all in a line. They're like little soldiers. They're doing their thing. They think they're pretty important, too, until they find whatever bugs them. <laughs> and they realize maybe they're not as important as they thought they were. Well, that's who we are in this multiverse out there. And it, all of this energy conflicting and crashing and storming and spinning and doing all those things affects our spirituality. So what do we do? We try to put it in a box. We become a a uh, denomination. We become a book. We become not a belief, but a belief system. We become tribal. We need to be around like-minded people who think the same way about God or Jesus or Allah or whatever as we do. Because if we're not around them or somebody who doesn't believe that way is around us, we fear that. We fear them changing that stability. There's a certain stability in the way, especially Americans, treat religion. You always know the church is going to be there. And boy, if it gets knocked down by a tornado, that's very traumatic. That's a place of worship. Not, not to me. My place of worship is everywhere I look. Okay? The earth is my church. Love's my religion. The earth is my church. And truth is my road. So if I try to keep that in mind, always, not in mind, but in my heart and soul, really, get your mind out of it, I don't have a box to go to. But you'll see people put all of that fear of change, those emotions, into structures that can be destroyed by tornadoes or by bad words or by disagreements or mostly by fear. If you go all the way back to what I said about how tornadoes are formed, okay, or how storms come about, how we have to go through those storms, we put our faith in the wrong things. We put our belief systems in the wrong places. We don't embrace the energy that is conflicting. It's okay to be a little bit of a whirlpool. That means you're alive. That means you're making mistakes, you're falling down, you're getting back up, you're not always watching your words, but you learn because you didn't watch your words to watch some of them. You're not always conscious and mental about how you're laughing, how you're looking at people, how you're smiling or how you're sitting. And if somebody calls you out on it or they disagree with what you're doing, instead of going fearful, you don't you do that. You don't always go back and just kind of smile about it, say, yep, I am, and love yourself for it. It changes all the time. So what do we need to strive for if we want peace in the world, if we want peace in our hearts? we want peace in our souls. First of all, know that love is there and make that the stronger energy. What's stronger, the sun or the moon? Well, the moon can move oceans. 
The sun can do all kinds of things. You make up your mind which one is stronger. <laughs> is the wind stronger than um, an ocean current? They're both energies. But between love and fear, we have to determine, we have to feel, we have to believe, we have to embrace, we have to actually live that spirit of love. If we don't, we fall back into fear constantly. Maybe we're not loving enough. Maybe I don't know how to love. Maybe nobody loves me. Maybe I love them and they don't love me. Maybe they're going to reject my love. Maybe I'm giving too much love. Maybe I shouldn't love at all. None of those are coming from love. None of those statements. Not one. Now, what kind of statement would come from love? Probably nothing. Because you'd have to think about it. If you're thinking about it, you're not coming from your heart and your soul. You're not feeling what another person needs or what you need. You're not feeling what's God-like in you and what you would do or say or be. You're thinking about it first or you're using the words from a book as a, as a guide, as a map. So it changes our spirituality a lot. And now you add that together with the mind and the body and you have a mind, body, and spirit that are totally out of whack. And what happens? It gets exploited by every country, not just the American capitalist system. Every country exploits that, exploits that imbalance. They give you pills to take for something. They give you prescriptions up the kazoo. My veterans with 25, 30 prescriptions, all of them counteracting each other. Um, we want a quick fix, so we want fast food. We don't want to cook or stand around or waste a minute. We have the internet and technology and cell phones and tell you what, probably one of the worst things that ever happened to humanity. Because what people did with these inventions is take energy that's been flowing around the planet forever and try to <clears throat> crush it into little tiny pieces to become a web and a network of energy. Well, if you look at a web of energy versus a rainbow, if you look at, um, I don't even know how to put that into, into nature's terms, but the rainbow is after the storm and it covers all the colors. It's a prism of light. But the storm itself, you see these woven, twisted tornado things called twisters. <laughs> there you go. Brought it right back to reality, right? Um, and that's what we get. So we don't want to do that. We want to come from love as much as possible and accept the fact that sometimes we have fear and then overcome the fear so that we see more love in us first. In us. And don't block the love you have for yourself or for anybody. Don't block it. Because when you try to block it, that's fear. And what you're going to do is, first of all, create a love that is filled with fear. And second of all, you're never going to live or feel what life is really about because you're blocking life by blocking love. Do you block fear? No, you don't do that either. You accept that fear. Just like these two Baltimore Orioles looking at me right now through this window, less than three feet away, who aren't sure if they're afraid of me or not. But they're overcoming it because they're watching me, they're learning, they're embracing. They know the food is there, they know the yard is beautiful, they know that my voice is calm, that my spirit is calm. And they're just both, there's both, and more birds are coming and they're just sitting there looking at me. And it's okay. They're not afraid. They're going to stay and eat. They're going to stay and sing. They're going to do their thing because they're not afraid. They feel that. Now, you think they're thinking it? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs>
I think they just feel it. Nobody's running. Nobody's, you know, taking flight and telling everyone else to run. Because I'm not coming from a place this could cause fear. It's a change. It's a change for them to come and look at me while I watch them eat. They're not afraid of that change because it's not coming from a clash of two energies. Anyway, this is getting long, and I wanted to also tell you about um, something else I just got involved with and how, so that you all can get involved the way you need to. Um, my last, I was brought up by seven Seneca grandmothers. My last one died about two and a half, three weeks ago. Well, no, a little bit longer now, maybe. She's 106, never went to a doctor or dentist or anything, and just got old and, and decided it was time to travel on. Um, no sicknesses. And I, I sat back reflecting on all these grandmothers and what they had taught me, what I've learned from them. Um, and I said, you know, we have so much illness, so much pain, so much anxiety and stress and all these things. How do these women last all this time and, and not ever take anything to change their, their body chemistry? And I said, well, no, that's not true. They changed their body chemistry all the time because they knew what earth medicine was. They taught me what earth medicine was. And I thought about the weeds that they used to show me, that everybody would now think were weeds and should be chopped down, and how they would take the oils from the plants and, and use them in salves and tinctures, and like herbalists, but not. Like, you know, homeopaths, but not. Um, essential oils, but different. Um but they came all from nature. And when we used to talk, and, and I still do this with circles, etc., but um, we don't smoke in circles, but when I was younger, and I would sit in circle with them, um, I guess it would be a classic movie scene to see these these old ladies <laughs> who were much older than I, but, but they weren't old then. They were just older than I, and, and then they got older. Um, but these old ladies sitting around a fire... Uh, on the ground, so that they had that sacred connection to the ground, smoking, but not smoking cigarettes or tobacco. The tobacco was sacred, so you didn't smoke the tobacco. It was actually given to the fire. Um, it was very sacred. But hemp was what they smoked. Not marijuana, cannabis, but the hemp part of the plant. There's, you know, a marijuana plant has three leaves and, and looks a little bit like all the other weeds out there um, but just like we have different parts of our bodies that do different things every plant also has different parts of its body that do different things you know if you eat a poppy seed bagel if you eat too many of the poppy seeds and you go in to get a drug test they're gonna you're gonna test positive because where the poppy seeds come from and what is that plant used more for than poppy seed bank bagels you know if you if you go pick a lot of grapes and you let them ferment and then eat them, you'll be drunk because they fermented. They changed. The energy within them changed. Um, you're using the same part of that plant, but the energy changed. Well, hemp is a part of the, of the marijuana plant or cannabis, but it doesn't have the THCs in it, which is what makes you high. So it's not psychoactive. It doesn't, you don't smoke hemp and, and get high. Um, you don't even have to smoke it. You can use the oil and use it as drops under your tongue. You can um, use, the, use it as a tincture. 
you can put it in foods. You can put it in um, in capsules and and really heal yourself. It's a very strong medicinal weed, just like uh, dandelion weeds. You know, dandelions are very strong blood cleansers. Not as strong as burdocks, but most people don't know what a burdock is. But in the springtime, we see dandelions because God knew that you're hibernating a little bit during the winter, and Mother Nature knows that you're building up toxins because you're not outside as much. So when spring comes, you eat dandelions and you clean your blood. But most people just mow them down or dig them up or spray them with Roundup or whatever <laughs> instead of realizing that they're a gift. So hemp is a gift. Um, and, and many years ago, pre-World War I, people used hemp for everything. Uh, for ropes, for clothes. Hemp clothes are wonderful. They're wonderful clothes. Um, used it for paper. It makes better paper than trees do. In fact, an environmentalist should say, you know, you want to save the trees, go to hemp. Um, but they used to smoke this hemp and use the oils from it. And I thought about it, and I started doing a lot of research about hemp again because I, I didn't smoke. I don't do drugs. I didn't smoke marijuana. One time I tried it, and I did inhale. And I, and I walked around for a whole day thinking, looking for a song that I thought was an hour and a half long. That's how much it changed my brain. But um, uh, so I did the research and and figured out the chemistry and and the the two points in the brain that get you know the CBDs. That's the the, the cannab the cannabis is has cannabidiols that are CBD is what it's called, which is not THC. And those those um, actually attached to parts of our brain that help just about every system in our body heal. Not feel pain, relax, de-stress, lowers blood pressure, lowers blood sugar, fights cancer, and actually, truly fights cancer. You can actually see it under a microscope where the, the cancer cells are on one side and you infuse hemp oil on the other side and watch the cancer cells destroy each other instead of your body. So I said, okay, I've got to figure out if I'm going to do something with this because holistic health has been one of my journeys for over 40 years. And I don't ever recommend anything until I've done all the research or tried it on myself or done whatever. So I did the research and the universe kind of spoke to me because a good friend of mine who is a doctor of many different things called me. She's also part Native American and she said, do you know about hemp? And I said, how weird is that? I said, there we go. There's the universe telling us we're supposed to do something. And she was just getting to be part of a company that is um, going, oh, just gangbusters. I mean, they're growing like crazy. They they launched in March in San Diego, California. And within 96 hours, they had 10,000 people sign up for this company. And it is an MLM, but you know what? Walmart's an MLM. <laughs> so, you know, every grocery store you go to or every... Every uh, clothing store is an MLM. You know, somebody on the bottom does some of the work to help somebody else make a higher wage above them who helps somebody else. And then they might branch off and become co-managers and they might do this. It's all MLM. That's that's multi-level marketing in a, in a uh, kind of a weird sense. You're just not as active in the marketing. The corporation takes care of that. But So it's an MLM, but it's um, it's from a company that... The guy, uh, Gary Hussey, I listened to him talk, and a couple things he said. I couldn't tell you anything else he said because I'm not into compensation plans and 
doing that kind of stuff. But I am into good quality products if they're going to help people get well. So I'm listening to him, and he said, you know, we had a couple people do this and that and the other. And he says, you can disagree with me, and I'll disagree with you. He says, I'm not better than you are because I started this company, and you're not better than anybody else because you're working harder. He says, what I want to know is your intention. And when I heard that, I said, okay, this man is coming from intention. And if the intention is love and not fear, and it's and fear would cause greed or corruption or whatever, um, he'll listen, and he'll do the changes that need to be done or whatever so that everybody uh, does what they're going to do and, and makes what they're supposed to make and is happy. So anyway, I looked into it, and um, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. So I could sign up for nothing. I signed up and saved my little place and and then did some more research on the company. And, and um, so anyway, so now I said, okay – What's going on in our world, in our country? We have people who are unemployed, who have lost their their businesses, who, um, because of the economy, don't have income, because of the weather, have lost things, um, because they're sick and they're hurting, they, they're not working, more people on disability than ever, or handouts than ever. And I said, who are the people who are really, like, you know, doing this? And it's the millennials, 18 to 34, actually. But then you have the older people who who are going to be affected by Obamacare and not be able to afford prescriptions, thank goodness, but are still going to be in pain and still not getting better. And I said, I've got to do something. So I joined this company, and I have other people who, who trust me who um, have also joined. And it, it, we're, it's growing like crazy. The Wall Street Journal says it's huge. It is a huge market. It's a huge product, and it's a wonderful product. So if you're interested in hemp, not marijuana, this is not medical marijuana. It's not marijuana. It is legal in all 50 states because it's industrial hemp. It's the same industrial hemp that the United States government said you are mandated to grow if you're a farmer because we need it for the ropes for World War II. That's how, that's how uh, much they needed it. Of course, now 19, whatever it was, 69 or 70 or something, because everybody demonized it and started using only the psychoactive part of the plant, in you know you know those 60s to 70s people, um, Nixon banned it. Well, now this new bill that came out several months ago again made it legal. So it's industrialized hemp. It's not legal to grow marijuana. It's not legal to sell it or any of that stuff. But hemp is legal. If you want to be a part of that, um, it's a lot of social networking and stuff. And and you can build a business, or you can be a preferred customer, or you can just be a customer and use the products. They have skincare stuff with hemp in it that I've seen do wonders. They have a salve that's um, a hemp salve that anybody who works out, you guys out there, and women too, you have sore muscles, joints, whatever going on, rub on this hemp salve. It sells out in days. They fill it up, and it sells out. Fill it up, sells out. They've got a, a hemp vat pen, you know, the the vapor pens, that uh, e-cigarette kind of things, but they're vapor with a one milligram of hemp. And if you're trying to quit smoking, you can use it for that. If you're trying to go to sleep, if you're trying to relax, smoke that. They have chews. They have uh, energy chews that have five milligrams of hemp in them. Um, and they're coming out with more. The capsules and the tinctures are a little delayed because they wanted to make sure they were perfect. And, and that's a little big process to do. But if you want to get involved, um, you can go to canaway.com, www.canaway, K-A-N-N-A-W-A-Y.com, slash, put my number in there, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> put a um, question mark first, 
and 330-8643. And go on there and watch the videos and read the information, read about CBDs, um, see the products. And if you want to sign up for free so that you can learn more, just all they want is your name and your email and your phone. If you want to become a brand ambassador and try to help other people do this, it'll cost you $15 a month. If you want to just be a preferred customer and a retail customer, there's a storefront you can go to and just purchase products. But you but you need to know about it. You need to get educated about it. It's a revolution in some ways because it's been hidden from us. It's been taken away from us as a natural healing weed. Um, there's a movie coming out May 23rd in Atlanta with um, Morgan Freeman. It's called The Great American Betrayal, which is how, an ex expose of how this has been hidden from us. Not in all countries. Some countries use hemp, and they, they're they not sick. <laughs> they don't have to worry about health care plans um, or paying for them. But in our country, it, you know, this is what goes on here for pharmaceutical growth and, and revenue. Um, but it's an expose of that. And once that movie comes out, we're going to get even more swamped. And so if you're interested, you want to get interested now. You've got about three weeks to tell your friends and your neighbors and to do what you're going to do with this, whichever way you go. People who have never done businesses are now building this business because they believe in the product. They believe in healing. They believe in also surviving and trying to, and trying to make a living. And I'm helping them do that. So you can go to www.canaway.com, question mark, backslash 330-8463 and um, go on the website. I think it's question mark backslash. If it's not, it doesn't work. Put the backslash first, then the question mark. I can't remember at the moment. Um, but go there. And uh, if you can only go to canaway.com and they ask you for an ID number so you can get in because you can't without it, it's 330-8463. And uh, find out what you need to find out because it's important and it's going to change our the, the lives of our children and the, the way our um, elders die or pass on or transform or whatever they're going to do so that they don't have to go through so much pain and they don't have to use drugs and pharmaceuticals and pay for it through the nose to do it. I mean, it's gonna, it'll change lives. And you can help change lives. And it'll make people less fearful. It'll make them take charge of their health, of their minds, their bodies, and their spirits. So there isn't this conflict, this horrible thing that's going on between love and fear. They'll be able to love themselves a little more, and that helps us love each other a little more. So do that. Spread the word. Tell people. Thank you for listening. This is Raina G. I don't know when I'll be back. I'm swamped. Um, but I'll try. Thanks for listening. <laughs>